other masonic podcast you know not this one the other one brother jared atkins junior warden bethlehem lodge 574 in bird's eye indiana brother todd whaley past master of austin 128 currently senior deacon of bethlehem five whatever 574 there it is 574 (laughs) so before we start i got a story i want to read you a masonic story (laughs) We were talking about this before the mic come on, and Todd goes, I don't remember us talking about this, and I I swear Todd, I have slept I a lot swear, since then. I swear Todd told me this story in the fellowship hall one night. So there's a young man, and I don't know where this comes from. All I can say, all I can say is it's sourced from uh, a Freemason in New Mexico in January of 1977. So a young man had passed by a pawnbroker's shop. The man was standing in front of a shop and the young man noted that this man was wearing a large and beautiful masonic ring after going on a whole block apparently lost in thought the young man turned back and stopped at the pawnbroker and addressed him he said i see you're wearing a masonic ring i'm a freemason too it happens that i'm in desperately in need of 25 dollars. i shall be able to repay it within 10 days you don't know me but I wonder whether the fact that you and I are both Freemasons is enough to induce you to lend me the money. The pawnbroker mentally appraised the young man who was clean-cut and well-dressed. After a moment's thought, he said, why not? This young man's a Mason, I'm a Mason. So he gave him the loan based on that fact. And within a few days, the young man returned to repay the loan of $25 as agreed, and that was that. Several months go by, and the young man was in a lodge receiving the entered apprentice degree, showing that he had not barely been a mason when he borrowed the $25 from the pawnbroker. After he had been admitted for the second section of the degree, the young man looked across the lodge room and saw the pawnbroker from whom he had borrowed the $25. His face became flush, and he became nervous and jittery. He wondered whether he had been recognized by the pawnbroker. Apparently not, so he planned to leave at the first opportunity when the degree was over. As soon as the lodge was closed, the young man moved quickly for the door, but the pawnbroker had had recognized the young man and, uh, to the young man's astonishment, approached him and greeted him and congratulated him. Well, I see you weren't really a Freemason at all when you borrowed that $25, the pawnbroker commented. The young man, scared, flushed, and embarrassed, said, no, I wasn't, but I hope you give me a chance to explain. I've always heard that the Freemasons were charitable people and ready to aid a brother in distress. When I passed by your shop that day, I didn't need that $25. I had plenty of money in my wallet, but I saw the Masonic rings you were wearing, and I decided to find out whether the things I've heard about this organization were true. 
You have lent me the money on the strength of my being a Freemason. So I concluded that what I heard about Masons was true. They are charitable and they are forgivable. I trust that with this explanation, you will forgive me for having lied to you. You listening so far? Yep. Okay. So here we go. We're going to bring it all home. The pawnbroker. Pawnbroker. Broker? <laughs> the pawnbroker. Brock Lesnar. I feel like we're working on a ritual here. Yeah. Broker. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got something for that. Nope, not that one. There we go. <laughs> a little rusty on the equipment. Okay. The pawnbroker responded, don't let that worry you too much. I wasn't a Freemason when I lent you the money. I had no business wearing the Masonic ring you saw. Another man had just borrowed some money on it, and it was so pretty that I had to put it on for a few minutes. I took it off the moment you left. I didn't feel right wearing it, and I didn't want anyone else borrowing money on the strength of my being a Mason when I really wasn't. So when you asked for that $25, I remember what I heard about the Masons, that they were honest, upright, and cared for their obligations promptly. It seemed to me that $25 wouldn't be too much to lose if, to learn if what I had heard was really true. So I lent you the money, and you repaid it exactly as you said you would. That convinced me to take that money and turn around and petition to become a Mason. So I presented my petition to the Lodge. I was the candidate that was just ahead of you. The end. <laughs> That's pretty neat. I mean, there ain't really nothing there. I just wanted to just, you know. Well, let's talk about Masonic Charity. Okay, let's talk about Charity. I told you you could pick the topic on this one. <laughs> well, I said you brought it. I didn't know you were bringing that whole story. I do remember that story now, but. I uh, swear you told me that story. I mean, what uh, what are you taught in the enterprise degree that Mason are to give us liberally to themselves, to the relief of others? As, as much as they can without hindrance to themselves. Inconvenience to yourself. Or inconvenience. Okay. Todd's a ritualist, everybody. <laughs> well, if you knew the guys who, who I was in lodge with for a long time, you'd understand. But. <laughs> Those guys were sticklers. But Masons should always be charitable because charity, as it's taught in one of the lectures, extends past the grave. Exactly. We can always give. We can always give. I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I know the third, third degree is a lot about charity. Um, just from rich, not reading ritual, but from some of the, the documentaries I've seen, the third, third degree is a lot about are you, like, are you really charitable? You get the 33rd degree because of how you charitable you've been in giving to the fraternity and to others in life. Yeah, Your service to society. Service to lodge and society. Yeah. To the Mason and society. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, I also heard you had to eat sawdust and poop out two by four to become a third, third degree Mason too, but that was by other people. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big boy, but I don't know if I can eat sawdust. <laughs> But let's, um, I mean, as far as charities, I mean, do you give to charities regularly every year? Honestly, I should, but no. No, and neither do I. I mean, I don't give so much to uh, money-wise, but I do get a lot of money to, you know, I coach softball. I help out with schools whenever I can. You know, whenever they ask, I help out. We go to so many fundraising dinners for school. We, you know, your kids go to the same school as my daughter oh, does. Yeah. We sell cookies every year. We sell on pizzas, but pizzas don't sell as good as the cookies do. Right. But <clears throat> we're always selling those. Uh, raffle tickets. I mean, everything There's like that. There's fundraisers galore in Du Bois County. Yeah, first. I mean, yeah. we're a fundraising group of people. Oh, yeah. But um, when I was in the grotto, that was a big, we had to raise a lot of money for basically conventions, to go to conventions, to pay for, uh, you know, the little go-karts we had for parades, stuff like that. 
we had to raise money for that kind of stuff. So we did a lot of pull tabs, a lot of raffles, stuff like that. That's, you know, we kind of, and what money we had extra, we'd give to our humanitarian foundation. Stuff like that. What's well, the shrine, the grotto have their, shrine got their hospitals, which if you've ever been through a shrine hospital, it's an amazing spot. I mean, it's all free of charge. Every king is in there. No one's ever, you know, pushed away from it for not being able to afford it. I do sometimes when they ask me what I like to run up for children's hospitals and shrine or stuff. I am guilty of that. Yeah. So, but as far as donating every year, not near no, like what we know, should. None of I us just, do. I just don't have the. I don't have the. I don't have the extra income to do it. I wish I could. I really exactly. Do. Um, I do give my time to the lodge, helping people out. We have our you know, fundraiser every year here. The the breakfast that's coming up here. next month. Our our uh, breakfast. Our three day breakfast. Well, we need to talk about doing more stuff. I know that, but <coughs> that's that's what we're that's what me and you are all about. Yeah. Which your charity, any charity our lodge does could be a is a marketing tool also. Because that's what Mason, Mason's all about helping our brothers out. It's, a, it's not only our brother Masons, but our brothers under the fatherhood of God. Right. So it's and it could be a it could be a hell of a marketing uh, marketing tool for us to use. Because if you know you're giving money to, to organizations like you know the PTO, for example, you know or you know, my my former life they give away two pretty big scholarships every year. They raise money for all year, helping kids go to college. Um, they do bowling tournaments, golf tournaments, they raise money for this stuff and give away two really good scholarships every year. I forget the exact dollar amount, but it's well worth it. But as far as being charitable, it says in the degree, and you have to give me a second. That's here. all right, brother. I'll fill time while you're looking at it. Uh, Todd's, uh, Todd's got both his uh, past master's <laughs> book and his monitor out. He's ready to go. There's no such thing as a past master's book. <laughs> <laughs> gives me crap about that all the time i wish there was there's no book i always call them past master's books no i just get, he's, he's like it's just collection. a different craft ritual that's all it is it's a one of the first ones <laughs> i can't find it right now but anybody who knows any kind of ritual that hope may die in fruition i forget what it is now i haven't done that degree so or that that lecture in so long but charity extends past the grave right we should always be charitable in all our actions, no matter what. We're always thinking about others, which I am totally guilty for thinking about other people before I ever think about myself in daily life. I mean, I have my family's, you know, I always think about them first. That's well, yeah, that's thing. what you should do. Your but, wife and children. Well, yeah, but, but even like in lodges, like I, I like to have long meetings in lodge. I like to have long discussions in lodge. I want to get in there and talk and have an actual. <laughs> our last meeting lasted barely an hour, and I'm ready to go two more hours on the stuff. You got. You got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off. You can't. You can't get mad. Todd comes from up north, where monthly degree meetings are monthly. Monthly stated meetings go two, three hours. They can. Yes. So here we meet on Wednesday nights, and even though majority of people that show up every night are retired. They still get upset that they're here longer than an hour. Yeah. To which, you know, I, I've came back after being away for eight, nine years, whatever. And I'm trying to hold my tongue to it's irritating me to the point where I'm like, if you guys have a problem with it, then leave. Maybe don't come to the meeting. Like, and I shouldn't say that because, you know, attendance is needed at meetings, but right. sometimes you have business to talk and you're not going to get it wrapped up in 30 minutes no. or an hour. No. 
like we had a bunch of stuff going on but we ran long talking about other stuff and our secretary who's a great guy who i def i guarantee will be a guest on our podcast eventually he uh yeah he had some stuff to bring before the lodge and it was long-winded but it needed to be brought before the lodge absolutely so then todd and i just look at each other at our state of meeting two weeks ago and we're like we'll just table it till next month because You know, three or four of the older gentlemen in the lodge are kind of like, <laughs> they're getting antsy. <laughs> yeah, they're wanting to go home, even though they're all retired. None of them have to work tomorrow. <laughs> no, not but one of them. Anyways, okay. But you know, I like to have lodge education. I like to have discussion. I mean, that's what that's why I think meetings should be, and and to bring up you know our charity. What we what, are we doing enough for our community around us? And I I keep telling you that because my original lodge. We were like every other lodge in the country. Go we ahead and give them a give them a plug again. Austin 128. They were a lodge that was totally dying. The lodge had burnt down back in '98, I believe, 1998, and they rebuilt a beautiful one floor, one story lodge room and everything, a big banquet hall, a good sized lodge room and everything, all everything new. But they were going through past masters through all the chairs and everything. And I joined the lodge. I started going through the chairs, and another guy started going through the chairs. And we slowly started bringing it up, but we had to let we had to let people know we're still out there because the lodges if you don't do nothing, no one knows you're out there. Exactly. And maybe we're changing the whole subject of this podcast now. Now we're talking about rejuvenating lodges, but that, that's going to be a future episode. Even though you just <laughs> you gave me a little uh, you gave me a little hand spank in there a little bit ago when I said there's a uh, dues payers and there's members, and you're like, no, Mason's a Mason. Mason is a Mason. I do believe that. But that but. will be an episode about how can you get people who are acting more like dues payers mm-hmm. coming come to back. meetings, and uh, we've talked about this off the record before before we ever thought about the podcast mm-hmm. a bunch so well, i mean let's, let's change the subject all together what let me ask you this question right okay hit me okay, with it just because I, I know let me get some water go ahead when you come to lodge and if you were a nothing brandon would say you want to come to lodge what do you what am do you i want, me now or am i me just like one month me, into my third me, step me right now okay me we'll right get, now we'll get to the your fourth, okay we'll get to your fourth meeting later okay so you come to lodge what kind of experience do you want to have what I, I want to have, I and, want. And before you answer, let me, let okay. me preface with this. Okay. Do you? I'll give you some options of what you want. Okay. Do you want the lodge where you come in, you eat a a sorry meal or no meal at all? You come in here, you pay the, you read the minutes, pay the bills, and you go home. Or do you want a lodge where you come in, you sit down, you feel like you're in your home, and you have comfy chairs out there. You can sit around, you can smoke a cigar, read a book. God forbid, have a glass of whiskey or have a beer before lunch, and then come in here and have thoughtful discussion and debates about Masonic ideas. Personally, meal or no meal doesn't bother me. That was, <laughs> I was actually thinking about food when you, when you first said that. Like, my biggest surprise was we don't eat at every meeting. Yeah. I thought we ate at, like, degree work and meet, you know, yeah, anyways. My, my original lodge was that way, too. We didn't eat before any <laughs> state of meeting. My junior warden, I changed that. Yeah, but... I would rather come in and have a meeting like uh, my fourth meeting ever after I took my third degree, my fourth meeting ever, we had Masonic education presented to us that night from a guy who uh, who was a visiting brother from another state. And I mean, this is this is uh, March of 2008. So I don't even remember this guy's name, but the guy from Australia. Talking Maybe. About, remember they talk about a guy from Australia. With I mean, how long ago was 2008? Like 14, 15 years ago? 
something like that. I, I, I'm no mathematist, but I was 21 <laughs> years old. I just remember, you know, and and I enjoy things like that. Like, I I like coming to stated meetings. You, you have to do those things. Bills have to be paid. Discussions have to be had. But there's no reason that you can't squeeze in five or ten minutes of Masonic education every meeting. Yeah. I would prefer to see things like that. I, I would mean, like. I would too. That's why my old lodge. We had guys who were guys who later joined after I did. I was master guys were joining who wanted to have that that thoughtful debate. Nothing exactly. Heinous, something like that. They wanted to. We had a, almost a four hour meeting about raising dues one night. And we raised them by $30. And you thought we were going to raise about 300 the way you guys are talking. But that was a four-and-a-half-hour-long meeting. <laughs> Can you imagine? We started wow. at 7. And we finally got done. But that, that was everyone at the very end of it was very happy that, hey, everyone got to talk. Everyone got to bring their point of view. And there was like, I think there were 12 guys there total. You know, it just one of those nights where everybody just showed up for dinner. Which my year, being junior warden, I started after cooking dinner for every lodge, for every state of the meeting. And that you wouldn't be surprised how many guys showed up just so they could eat. One guy told me, he said, this is uh, the first meal, warm meal I've had in a couple weeks. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I live by myself, and most of the time I just eat a bologna sandwich or something like that. He said, I look forward to coming here now. But just having a, it, it was, you know, I didn't make anything extravagant. Spaghetti, ham and beans sometimes. I mean, I think one night um, I did a... Well, our secretary got something from Sam's up, up there, and we, uh, I think it was like a little chunk of steak with bacon wrapped around it. Oh, God, that sounds good. And we, <laughs> we, we fried them in the, in the kitchen to serve those with some uh, bread, and people were loving it. I mean, the little stuff like that, but you, you make guys feel welcome if they can have a warm meal. And afterward, we had dessert and coffee and everything. Most guys had to take off, but when I come to Lodge, I want my Lodge to feel like, I wanted to come in and have a good time. I don't think we need a drink. I don't think alcohol in the lodge is really needed. It loosens up sometimes. But <coughs> that's I, you that's you grotto boys. <laughs> and the shriners, don't forget those guys. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think we need to have a bar here or nothing like that. No, that, that's not absolutely necessary. not. And but I do think we need to come in and I would think, you know, we need to have a sitting area. I think a lodge need to have like a sitting area where everybody can sit around in comfortable chairs. And, you know, like a library almost, or a den, or, you know, members-only room. Stuff like that. I think a, neat, a lodge needs something like that. Now, has any lodge I've been to had that? No. Well, so Howard Lodge had a pool hall in theirs. Now, in, see, in that's Kokomo. an interesting little... Kokomo had the, on the third floor or second floor, they have a pool hall. Which used to be open to the public, basically, but, you know, blah, blah. With, you know, the kind of people hanging around pool halls nowadays, you don't want inside a lodge, but... But uh, that's that was how lodges were back in the day. You went there and basically hung out. Fellowship. Fellowship before lodge and after lodge. Well, most lodges now, the banquet hall is already set up for everybody to seat, what, 150 people. Oh, it? yeah. Which is, you know, don't get me wrong, we don't have anybody here full-time to take care of the place to set up chairs and move stuff around, so it really doesn't matter. But, but, I mean, I like to be a little more comfortable when I come in the lodge. You know, have a nice leather chair. That's the kind of master I was looking for when I first joined. I thought it was going to be like being a member of the Elks or the, you know, that kind of stuff, which it is what it is. I still love it. Right. I still, you know, I still love Freemasonry. It's not the building that's I love. It's Freemasonry in general that I love. So, I mean, I've been to really nice, beautiful lodge halls, and I've been to some that are barely big enough to hold 20 people. 
We're looking at you, Branchville. <laughs> you all see New London up, up by Kokomo. It's so small. You can't fit between the two people can't fit between the uh, junior uh, warden and the altar. It's tight, but it's a very it's a fun lodge to go to. Those guys are awesome. You heard me up there, boys. <laughs> So this is only our second episode. So we're still learning. How to do this we're stuff, still right? learning. We uh, as as things progress, um, we're recording on a whim tonight. We were supposed to be studying for a uh, master mason degree we have on Wednesday night, but you know the podcast. We still might. We, we still might. Uh, the podcast has become something important to us, and as we mentioned in our first episode, this is our second attempt. This is our relaunch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as, as we get more and more prepared for these on night, we're we're both going to come in with more notes. Like, I just have my laptop open to Masonic Education, and we're just kind of playing ADHD tonight. We're just kind of bouncing around. It'll be like that for a little while. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like that for a while until we actually get a format down of things. Um, but well, when you come to Lodge, when you, when you come to Lodge for, let's say we have got a degree work coming up this week, right, Wednesday. Right, Wednesday. Got a Master yeah, Mason, Mason degree. degree. Our yeah. junior deacon's grandson. Right. Are you going to wear a suit and tie this degree? So, okay. It's funny you should ask this. <laughs> Uh, what did I talk to you about last weekend? I said that like um, I was on Grand Lodge website one night from like one o'clock in the morning to like four thirty in the morning. Sure. Because uh, I don't know how it is with every state, in the United States, but as far as the state of Indiana goes, our Grand Lodge has a plethora of information. Like I'm actually impressed. Oh yeah. Now, I mean, I've not been to a degree down in Kentucky. I've heard a lot about Kentucky's Grand Lodge, but all I can tell you is so far my experience with Indiana Grand Lodge and being a Mason for 15, 16, 14 years, whatever, it's pretty good. Uh, they talk about dress code mm-hmm. and the uh, the blue laws, the blue books, the, the bylaws. Mm-hmm. could not think of what I was trying to say. Suit and tie is preferred. Preferred, yes. doesn't have to. No. Every time you've seen me for nice degrees, it's either nine times out of ten, it's a nice pair of blue jeans, my nice cowboy boots, and a button-up or something, mm-hmm. or it's uh, khakis, dress shoes, and a polo. Right. I don't do a whole lot of suit and ties. Yep. I'm thinking about it because I, I, I've been thinking about getting involved in this because, uh, as I you know expressed, I'm branching out into going to be starting York Rite probably the first of the year. Right. And everything I've ever seen about York Ride, all them, every single one of them guys, constantly suit and ties. Well, I, mean, I don't even have a suit and tie. I have, I have three of them. None of them fit me. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, I, I one, my first suit I ever bought when I joined Scott's Right. Joined Scott's Right, well, I'm gonna need a good suit, so I went to K and G up in Castleton, Indiana, and <laughs> spent three hundred dollars on a suit that <laughs> didn't. It was. I had to get it tailored. And, and I'm a big nice. boy. I'm gonna need a lot more fabric. There ain't no way I'm getting out for under oh, eight. I, I was tiny. I was like, I'd barely 250 pounds back in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I needed 250 back in. To be honest with you. And uh, this suit was like 300, but it, it fit me good. I liked it, and you know, I looked good in it and everything. And I've gotten a couple more jackets since then. Bought pants. You know, no one buys a whole suit. No. And just you buy separates. There's yeah. Pieces of it. That way you can interchange and make your own suits. Exactly, exactly. Well, with the York Rite, well, the officer, you see, have been blazers. Red, oh, pur- yeah. red, purple, and blazers. Well, that's kind of their officer's dress. Now, every lodge, I've been to lodges where 
you walk in, guys are in bib overalls, dirty work pants, dirty work boots. They came from work, came to lodge. I've seen people wearing tennis shoes and flip flops. I don't, I don't agree with that. But. Or not tennis shoes. How can you wear like uh, khaki shorts and flip flops? And I'm like, I mean, for a stated meeting, fine, yeah. but for degree work, yeah, yeah, I, I need to put a little effort into it. But like I say, and it could be the whole church thing too. I mean, do you think? I mean, if you make it to church, no matter what you're wearing, I think Jesus is happy you made it to church. But yeah, but but old, still, I see what you're saying. Still looking down at you, yeah. Man, I'm you know I've been to churches where the girls walk in dressed in nine, guy a, a boy walks in wearing you know a holy t-shirt and blue jeans. Like what? what? <laughs> you can't put on a polo, man. Seriously. I mean, I don't go to church very often anymore. But when I do go, it's usually a nice button-up shirt and a pair of slacks. At least slacks. I don't like wearing blue jeans to the church. So to answer your question for this Master Mason degree Wednesday night for our um, our junior deacons grandson, grandson are you? Yeah. Uh, are you dressing to the nines? I'll probably have on slacks and a button-up shirt, maybe a tie. I probably will. I mean, I'm probably going to do nice jeans and my nice boots. I don't think I'm going to do khakis. And well, if I, well, it might be slacks, not khakis. But I mean, I'll, if I'll be probably sitting senior deacon. Obviously, for, for that's the, your job. I'll give it away in a heartbeat. Don't get me wrong. Because <laughs> you know, you know my role. Mason travel to work. I'm at home. I don't need to work. <laughs> and that's a true statement because I've been posting on social media, uh, and Todd's seen it. I've been posting on social media a lot lately about my quest for I need something more out of Lodge. It's nothing against Blue Lodge. I'm just at the point now where I want something more. And uh, I don't travel to watch degrees. I travel to work degrees. So, But Todd's kind of like, well, you got to think about that at our place too. If people travel, you know, offer mm-hmm. up your seat. So. so used to at my uh, my lodge, I would when I was sitting as master, which my my home lodge. This is my lodge. Bethlehem is my lodge, but my my original home lodge, mother lodge. Are you still a dual member? No, I'm only member here. Yep, I transfer my membership down here to Bethlehem. But like I was getting to, I would, when I was master, I'd go around and I start asking people, "Hey, what do you want to do tonight?" And if most guys would say, "Man, whatever, whatever you need, I'll help you however you need it." Well, every once in a while, you get that one guy like, man, I really been wanting to do, you know, sit in the south. I'm like, All right, you're sitting in the south. Even though my guy, my guy's here, I go tell him, hey, so and so sitting in your seat tonight. But hey, I want to sit in that. Thing. Remember what I said at the beginning of the year? Mason's going to travel to work. If you want to do, if you want to do degree work, you got to travel to do it. Right. Because visitors travel from all over the area down there, and I don't, I don't want them to put them to work. I don't want them sitting. And that's one thing I will say about us, you know. We're kind of nestled into a pocket of oblivion. Like this part of Southern Indiana is pretty oblivious to a lot of stuff, but when it comes to degree work, yeah, we get traveled well. Mm-hmm. All all three lodges well, in Dubois County. You get Eckerty, you get French Lick, maybe some Paoli, Newton Stewart, Paoli Newton come Stewart, down, Jasper, yeah. Honeyburg. Usually, you'll get one guy up from Evansville, Brant, uh, Fort Branch, Newburgh area. Uh, usually, um, not Eckerty, where I said Eckerty, but um, Santa Claus, not Santa Claus, but Gentryville. Gentryville. Dentryville come up. That's a great little lodge right there. You know, that's one I've never been in all these years. I mean, it's just every time it's presented itself, I've had something going on. Like the other night, you wanted me to go with you, but something came up and I couldn't. So We got old uh, Huffman down there. Yeah. Go help him out. Uh, Brother Harold Huffman, uh, Todd's referring to. Some of you may know him, some don't. Probably the best Bible presentation lecture I've ever seen. He's the one that did mine. I don't know. There's another guy that Evansville's pretty good at, too. 
Oh he, yeah, uh, he did it here one night. Did Jim remember? Sharp? Jim Sharp. Or, uh, Jim Sharp or Bill Show? Jim Sharp. Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Jim he, Sharp. He's beautiful, beautiful, and adds what he adds to it is perfect. I love it. I love it. every time he does. That, I love watching that. I don't think I've ever seen Harold do that. Harold does it real good. I mean, he's a. Uh, He's had some health issues lately, so they said he's been kind of taking a back seat more yeah, and more. Attack. But heart attack, yeah. yeah. And then after they one. fixed him up, he went, turned around, went to lodge, and did degree work like a week later. After they, after they're like, you need to stay at home and rest for like a month. Like four days later, he's like, nope, I got degree work, gotta go. He's a tough old bird. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they, they don't. don't. <laughs> Thank God, too. Those guys are mean. All right, so <laughs> I got something for you because right. we're that's episode two. We're skipping around a lot. Well, you'll get that a lot. Think <laughs> about. In your mind, grandmaster for the state of Indiana. Right. What's their job? What do they do? They are. I got the, a point. This is going somewhere. They are the authority of all the Sonic Law of the state of Indiana. Okay. Do you believe that they, which I guess in a way they do, but a lot of them are pretty respectful. They're going to give, you know, they're, they're, they're going to transfer some power to their, but do you believe that they should have the authority to tell any member of any lodge what to do with their own lodge. I, I, I see your eyes are going to say to some extent. It is to some extent. But okay. What, what I don't know, because I know in the past, I've had some dealing with Grand Lodges where the Grand Representative from the Grand Master had to come to our lodge and tell us, you guys did this, you shouldn't have done it. Okay. You know, so basically they didn't tell us to do anything. They came and slapped our hands and go, don't do it again. Right. So, I mean, in what capacity are you are you getting to here? Okay. Sorry, my phone distracted me. <laughs> okay, so what I'm getting with this is. Everything in that blue book. Yeah. If we break one of those rules, he could pull that charger off the wall. So what I'm going with this. You, uh, here it is. It's It's May of 2023. You have uh, just been elected Grand Master of the State of Indiana. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So, something we've always talked about a lot, and we're going to have an episode on it, and it's every Masonic podcast talks about it once or twice. Dwindling membership for the fraternity, dwindling membership at your stated meetings and at degree work. Mm -hmm. If you are Grand Master of the State of Indiana, what are you doing to boost attendance uh, at stated meetings, degree work all across the state, and hopefully get more people in the state to join. What What's some things you're putting into place as Grandmaster to help raise the number of the fraternity across the state? Well, probably the biggest thing, and I've seen it, I've seen every Grandmaster talk about this, but people have to know you're here to want to join. They have to know what, basically not what you're about, but how do you join? I mean, they... You always said to be one, ask one. A lot of people don't even know who Masons are. Now we have the websites and everything. But And I've met some guys who went through the website and joined lodges. And that's the first time I ever met a Mason when he went to, went to talk to him after their emails and everything. Our newest brother that we uh, we, we raised back in August yeah. or July, whenever it was. Yeah, he was, a, he was an internet Mason. And he, he showed up at our meeting like two days later asking mm -hmm. for a petition. Mm -hmm. So, But basically is we have to get our faces out in front of the public you can wear all the big jewelry you want you wear the hats you can put billboards up license plates license plates bumper cars you know you can do bumper stickers all that stuff but you have to be out there showing the good you do they used to have parade masonic parades going through downtown indianapolis once a year 
Right. And they used to have Masonic funerals. Men would march from the from the lodge to the church and measured step, measured tread with apron with their aprons and the, the rods and everything. And got people, hey, what the heck is that? Well, that's a Masonic, you know, funeral service. You know, they, they used to march from the lodge to the church or to the funeral home, wherever, and then to the graveyard. Right. That's when everything is in one spot. Now everybody gets buried everywhere. But, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, I mean it used to no, be that yeah. way. I mean, you, you see pictures of Indianapolis back in the day when they had, uh, like, the Grand Lodge. There would be, every hotel in the town would be, would be filled up with Masons. With, with Grand Lodges in session. Right. I mean, it was just, it was huge. I mean, and I think, honestly, well, I think I don't think Mason got any smaller. I think the world got bigger. I think the TV. That's pretty profound. I think, well, yeah, I got it from uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So, <laughs> 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 you know, they say the world uh, got smaller, so now there's not, not as much in it anymore. See, I, I think we got closed off with the secrecy in the 60s is they embracing the hippies for what they were is we then we shunned them with all the flat tops and the tight collars we should have brought them in here maybe masonry would be on a totally different path now if the hippies would have been involved that's just my opinion no that's i mean i've looked at it from you know you gotta look at this way back in the say the 50s 60s 70s 50s a lot of people joined i mean it had a boom in the 40s and from the say the what third twenties, all the way to about the sixties, had a boom. Everybody wanted to be a mason. Well, then the hippies came around, not trusting authorities or the, you know, the squares, whatever you want to call them. The Vietnam. There's Vietnam too, there's like that. But you know, instead of saying, "Hey, no, no, we're come on in, fellas, let's talk about this." No, nope. get out, hippies. You know. Like that. And those guys were free thinkers. They were wild. They were having free sex and everything, which is like right on these days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think if Freemasonry would embrace a little more openness, I know we're trying to, but the, you got the old guard still here. You know, the, the older, old boys in that works, yeah, huh? The, the good old boys, everything still, they still want everything to be nice and tight, and they don't want anything to be changed. And don't get me wrong. When people, the first thing people say about change, oh, you want to get rid of the ritual. No, I don't want to get rid of the ritual. I like the ritual. Oh, well, you want to bring alcohol in. No, I don't want to bring alcohol in. But I, want, I do want to bring in a sense of comfort and brotherhood. I want the lodges to be more updated. I want more. It's you know, 2022. It's not 1962. Right. I mean, I, I think as far as what to bring Masons in is they have to know you're here to begin with. It's like what do we what do we do outside this lodge in our community? That's what me and you and uh, we discussed this. Me and me and Todd have been and uh, our secretary. Keep going. <laughs> our secretary. I think I broke a chair. <laughs> brother Philip, our secretary. Todd's like I'm gonna go pull me a chair. So. Got made for a big man. So, um. <laughs> okay, fill time. That's what that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm muted. <laughs> okay, yeah, here we go. I was laughing too hard. So. <laughs> Todd, well, you just seen chair, Todd. That chair creaked. It scared me. Oh, I think I see what happened now. Then Lee came out of it. Anyways, okay, so. 
Todd, Todd and I and our uh, secretary here at Bethlehem 574 in Bird's Eye, Indiana, we have um, – all I've heard about when I came in in 2007 and eight was that it's a youth movement. Us old guys ain't going to be here forever. It's right. up to you young right. guys to come in and to move things around. Well, I look at Todd, as far as active members that are coming, that are making it to every meeting or every other meeting, it's like me, Todd, and uh, – our new brother, who we uh, raised in July, is pretty much it, and we're all in our thirties and forties. I'm forty-four years old, and I'm thirty-five. I've been there twenty years. I'm thirty-five. John's like thirty-three, something like that. So, um, we're trying, and our secretary, who's in his um, late fifties, early sixties now, he's uh, he's pushing it. Me and Todd are trying a bunch of things, and we're meeting a little bit of resistance. But after a while, after a while, the guys are starting to see what we're trying to do. We're you know, we put together a community movie night, and uh, we, we, we did that back in April. We did it uh, the week before Easter. Right. And uh, I personally thought it flopped, and it tanked, and Todd's like, well, we still had like 10 people here. Yeah, so, so it, it wasn't a flop, but we had popcorn, and we showed an Easter movie. And uh, some of the older guys were kind of just like, you know, ha, ha, ha. But then when they found out that uh, our secretary, Brother Philip Atkins, not related to me, spells his name with a D, I spell mine with a T. But Philip's like, you know, these boys tried. They really tried. So now we're looking at some other things. We're getting ready to, to uh, try to start planning a fundraiser. Why are we planning a fundraiser? Well, we're going to – probably shouldn't say it, but we're going to use the funds to buy a uh, digital LED signboard. So that way we can set it up out there either attached to the building or close to the highway so people can see, you know, when we have more community events. Todd and I have talked about having an open house, which, uh, you know, come up here, we'll, we'll have just burgers and hot dogs. Todd's talking about us. Doing a trunk or treat, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they get kids involved. They say, oh, these guys are real nice guys. Treat the if you treat the kids right, they'll, they'll, they'll the whole you. purpose of all these activities is to see is to see families in this work, what we're doing, and then for the wife to look at the husband or the husband to look at the wife and go, you know, this this might be something I'd be interested in being a part of. Mm-hmm. And then if he gets involved in it, hey, I want to help these guys out. Why not? Who's to say his wife wouldn't join our Eastern Star chapter? Right. And uh, one thing we talk about a lot, and uh, our, we get a lot of help from our star ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are now the only, I think we're the only one in Dubois County that has a star chapter. I don't think Honeyburg's got one. Line, Jasper doesn't. Line doesn't have one either. No, because they moved up here with us. Right. And I don't think Honeyburg does either. No. So we're the only, and let me tell you something. We have several people in our Eastern Star chapter, and we would be in trouble without these ladies, all the stuff that they do to help us. I think. It'd make our guys work a lot harder. <laughs> but I mean, no one wants to do dishes. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and these ladies are getting up here willingly doing it. And but w- the point being, we're trying. We're trying to increase membership, and it's it's hard. And it goes back to how. What would you do if you were running Grand Lodge? You know, I think you need to have. I think you need to have set dates from the Grand Lodge, two or three times a year, where you're having like picnics and when i and and like don't and this goes what you're saying don't just do it at your lodge yeah ultimately you want the petitions to come to your lodge but get off if you've got four five six seven or even three lodges in your county get them all together at somebody's lodge or at a central environment and have people standing there from each lodge with a stack of petitions talking to them have a fundraiser something to get get people together because ultimately 
yeah, if that petition goes to the other lodge and not yours, that hurts. But you know, there's still there still helps everybody. At the end of the day, there's still people. Well, you know, I'm gonna join this lodge over here with Frank. But you know, this guy over here that represented this lodge over here, his name was Bob. You know, Bob talked to me. You know, I might tell my buddy to go see Bob. You know, like yeah, I mean, but it just, it's a matter of getting your face out in public so they know who we are. I mean, plain and simple. And we've been working on that. I mean, I keep beating on it, but you know, we had at my my former lodge. We started out doing an information booth at the 4-H fair. And see, that's an advantage you had because you come from a bigger city, a bigger area, where yeah. things like that happen. Down here, nobody wants to do that. Which well, we, we had more of an we, – we were the only lodge in our county, so we could do – we could run wherever we wanted to. we go to every festival in the county and do something. We just picked the two that were closest to us. But we did an information booth. Well, basically, well, first year we did the, ch the CHIP program, Childhood Identification Program, Demonly put on. Well, everybody in the world hears chip. It's like, oh, you're not putting a chip in my kid. You should Google that, by the way. You can find out information about that online. That's uh, Demolay's, uh, you know. <coughs> That's their big thing. Yeah. Well, you, I think they changed the name of it now, I think. But, but you know, they, people were saying, well, we don't, want, you know, we don't want chips in our kids. Like, well, okay, it's not, it's not chips. It's just an identification program. That's just an acronym for it. So the next year, we gave away water. Bottles of water, and if you ever been to a 4-H fair, you know it's the hottest time of the year. Drinks are usually two, three dollars a pop. Most kids, most family have three or four kids, and they drink like crazy. Well, us getting away free water, everyone wants to stop by our booth. What are you guys all about? <laughs> they ask questions. Well, here's what we're about, and here's a pamphlet. And if you want to take any more information, here's our phone number. Right. So that's just the way of doing it. Uh, we started doing that. We probably got six petitions in two years from that. But then that got their buddies interested into it, and their buddies interested to it. Then after a while, man, just it made sense. Now they don't even have to do it anymore. And it cost us, you know, a little bit up front, but I think it made your money back on it. But you have to get yourself out in public. And if you're alive with a lot of handyman in it, like guys who who are carpenters or stuff like that, find somebody who needs a ramp built. Need some work down at their house, need a wall painted, something like that, do that great. If your mechanics come up here and have tire rotation day or something, or do free oil changes, or you pay for the oil, I'll change it, I'll change it over free. You know, whatever. Do stuff like that. It's just, you have to go with what your lodge is good at. Most lodges have old old men in it, so they 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 know They're how bound to be good at something. They know how to do stuff and how to eat. We know that for a fact, but but you, you just got to get out there in public. You have to let people know, hey, we're still here. We're still an organization that does good work. Do you want to join? We don't ask that, but hey. Are you carrying petitions in your, in your uh, satchel? And I, I ran through all mine, and I gave my last one away to my buddy who decided not to join. And he decided not to join because he didn't want to do a background check. <clears throat> Which I can go your way with. <laughs> I mean, I'm carrying a couple petitions, and uh, I've got something tonight. My converted satchel—it's an old diaper bag because I'm not fancy <laughs> like you. I don't have the leather one, but it's an old hey, diaper bag. But I know what I like. I bought what I liked. <laughs> it's like twenty bucks off Amazon. That ain't nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think. I mean, what What do you think as far as charity? Or not charity wise, but as far as marketing for the masonry? <sighs> I think that. Uh, Honestly, what you're about ten years younger. I'm right? about ten years younger than you. I just turned thirty-five. So, Todd's like my big brother. I tell you what, <laughs> since uh, 
I've met a lot of great people in masonry, but since I've came back last year after being away for so long, there's like three people I've got extremely close with. None of them more than the guy sitting across from me now, my broadcast partner, Todd Whaley. Hello. hello. Uh, and then a couple guys from uh, over at Line Lodge in Jasper. They're uh, Tyson Cravener and Brian Freeze. They're uh, uh, senior deacon and senior warden. But anyways, uh, what what I would do, and honestly, I mean, I know I ramble and we jump off things. Oh my God. I think I would start by, honestly, the LED sign. Now, here, now, here's the thing. There's two different types of signs we could get. The one I wanted to get, we can't do because we would have to have the ultimate fundraiser fundraiser because it's about seven grand. Yeah, we ain't. Uh, our, du- our fairgrounds in Dubois County, out by the road, they have a humongous LED sign that's two-sided. You can see stuff from either direction. It blinds you at night. Oh, yeah. I would love to put that out there in our grass down there by the road facing this way so you can see it when you're coming in and leaving town. Right. But unless mm-hmm. I can convince somebody to let to let us do it. And here's, here's how me and Todd preface this. We're like, we want to have a fundraiser to do this because it would help let more people know about what's going on in the community. Yeah. We could, you know, we could buy a cheap one right now, like a, like a hundred, like a $500 one. We could buy it right now at lodge funds. Todd and I don't want to do that. We want to say that we raised the money. So we're playing with house money. Right. So, but I would think what I would do for marketing is I think every lodge should get an led sign. You know, your, your younger members of the lodge who are no offense, tech savvy, your younger members, your secretary, and your master. And you can only, and, and, and a matter of fact, if you want to keep a tight leash on it to avoid any sort of pranks. Give one person's password. Give, give, give your, your master, your secretary, and one member of your lodge who is under the age of, like, 50. Right, yeah. That information. So you can do the sign. Then I think once every quarter, so, what, four times a year? Yeah. You have a big dinner, dinner, and you unfortunately you eat the cost of that. You you have a donation only meal, where you have an open an open door, and you have one or two people sitting in here in the lodge, and you let the lodge room open. You just let people come in and ask questions, and then you don't come right out and ask them for about if they want to take a petition. You don't come down the plot center of the plate and throw a strike. You kind of paint the corner with your pitches a little bit. Let them decide if they're swinging or not. And then if they are, have that petition handy where you're like, well, here, here's this. Uh, fill it out. Give it back to me. I'll, I'll sign it, and uh, we'll vote on it. You know, I think another thing you could do is uh, I think you get a couple people in your lodge to possibly start a YouTube channel. You know, well, there's a lodge out in Tennessee. They're doing that. They're interviewing their officers and members. Master is every. every yeah, week see, that's like that's that. what I was going. Like, you interview members of your lodge, uh, interview people. You know, and especially ask them about what what time was like when they were a candidate, when they were waiting. What were they experiencing when they were waiting? You know, to the phone call. Hey, you've passed. We're gonna. You know, we'd like to set your degree. Things like that. There's no shortage of things you could do. Well, and that that brings up you know with all the you know this they have to do a youtube page on that i mean you could but you could even do go live on facebook facebook instagram todd's an instagram I mean, guy i like I'm instagram not. better because you don't get all the bull crap when we it. start promoting this this uh this page i'm gonna i'm gonna run the twitter and uh todd can run the uh instagram and we'll both run facebook yeah <laughs> i i don't do instagram i don't see the point of it when you already have facebook but that's just me but yeah, the political part of facebook i don't yeah. like but 
I don't like how everyone has a voice and you had to read. <laughs> Facebook irritates me anymore. I just, yeah, you know, my family won't go on Instagram. So, but <laughs> I mean, I have thought about that as far as because I, I do do the Instagram lodge, the Instagram's, uh, the, pa- the lodge's Instagram page. Uh, somebody was supposed to start a Twitter for our lodge because somebody uses Twitter all the time and it ain't me. Somebody <laughs> up. Has dropped the ball on that. But I have thought about doing that. would be that me. On the, uh, even stay at meeting nights. Just hold the phone out in front of two people. Hey, tell me what, uh, you know, what, what were you raised? What was I just do? A short little interview and put it out there on Instagram and let everybody see it. And you get the new guy in there. Hey, get your A degree. What do you think about it? What, what do you always like the most about it? I think I must, I might probably start doing that. I think that might open some mental. 95 really follow the Bethlehem Lodges uh, Instagram page or the other lodges. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not some... But if you put it, it out there to potential <laughs> candidates that you have these social media channels, mm-hmm. if they like it enough that they're going to have one of their friends petition with them, then for something, for reference, they're going to direct them to these channels. Right. And I put some pictures up of the lodge and everything. I tried to get all fancy with it, and I got some apps there that'll change to change, make a picture look better than what I can yeah. take and everything. But if we, like, say we do go out to advertise, like, I sit down with, say, Skinner. Right. I get, I got a little tripod for my phone and everything. Yeah. Sit down, put it in front of us, and have a little, you know, two-minute, maybe a one-minute interview with Skinner. That's about all you're going to get Which, out of that guy. Well, he's kind of windy sometimes <laughs> from both ends, if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to know this man, don't you? You n- never... Walk up a flight of stairs behind him when you have lodges that are upstairs. I think he's got a skunk in his pocket sometimes. <laughs> that skunk's trying to get out, man. It smelled better stuff. But if you do stuff like that, let people, you know, and plus everything I put on my, my, my Instagram or on my, the lodges Instagram page was directly on my Instagram page, which I, you know, I'm almost Instagram famous. I got over 500 followers. I'm pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I wanted to point out too is, um, but say you could do that with Facebook, go live on Facebook, or to do a Facebook thing on there for the Lodge's Facebook page, and do a little interview with say Phil or Nick or anybody like that. People are noticing the things you and I are trying to do. Oh yeah, they're seeing it because I've I've had some people reference. Uh, for one thing, my dad I told you is dating uh, Skinner's daughter. Right. Uh, Brave soul. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, you know, they've known each other for, you know, yeah, since Ever. they're knee high to grasshoppers. But um, Skinner's other son, uh, the ex-military guy, the great big guy with the huge arms. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, big old boy. Dallas uh, had said to me not that long ago, he said, I was very proud of what you guys tried to put together for the movie night. And I'm like, I was like, man, I'm sorry it flopped. And he said the same thing. He goes, I don't think it was a flop. I'm like, well, like 10 people show up. I'm like, all together, there's probably like 20 people here. But only like ten people from like different, you know. He said, "Didn't look like a flop to me." He said, "You got ten. I said, "I seen kids running around, having fun, laughing, watching the movie, eating popcorn." He said, "Don't look like a fail to me." Well, and there's that's why I want to do the trick or treat. You know, I, I, I was gonna bring but, it up our last know, meeting. Dude, hey, let's do, hey, I want to have a trick or treat here. I want every lodge officer to have a truck car out there, truck, and give out candy. What I didn't Dress think up. about until you brought it up are our. our next stated meeting like three weeks later the first wednesday in may you're like well we didn't think there was like three other there was like three things going on across the county that weekend too there was like yeah, i don't was, remember what they were now but there was like three big events going on across the county which took 
the way there's people always something going on. Well, yeah, I mean, there's never there's we just pick has a, something five times a week. I we mean, picked the worst weekend to do it. I think's what we did. But, but I think we did, I think we have a Halloween movie up here one night. I want to do a chili supper. My grandma know. was talking about that. She goes, "Why don't you guys do a November December chili dinner and yeah. uh, have a family movie?" Do a chili well, dinner. Really, you don't even have a movie. Just have a chili dinner that night. I mean, it don't, and, you don't have to. And what I would say, get some kind of entertainment for the night. Something they could just play throughout the night. Like, say, not a live band, but if you have somebody who could play an instrument and just, you know, a violinist or if you know anybody. I don't know anybody like that. We'll put the, we'll put something together. I mean, I just play guitar. I don't do, I'm not even that good at that, so. But, I'm not either. I can write music, but I'm not that. I can't read or write it, so. <laughs> I barely sing. That's why you're doing. That's why you're doing a podcast. Right. Perfect face for radio, yeah, and a perfect body for it too. <laughs> but, but I mean, we just any lodge out there who was, you know, going through past, being basically having a revolving door past matches, go through all the chairs. It, it, if your grandkids are interested in it, go find some to somebody else. I mean, but you have to get get out there, and you have to let people know, hey, this is what masonry does. Here's what we believe in. If you want to join, great. If not. At least you know what we're doing now. I mean, a big example of my life, I want to have a parade in our festival. I want to have a float in the parade of our festival. We have a big pork festival because Tipton County is a big, was a big pork producing county years ago. Now, not so much. But they have a huge three-day festival. We've got two parades in it, one on Friday and one on Saturday. And I always wanted to get a float in that parade. And, you know, that way, hey, here's, here comes the maze. we got shrine. we got four or five shrines Let's go through it. You know, hey, why not have our, have our lodge go through it? And everybody goes, oh, they just laugh at us. I said, yes, but they know who we are then. And they know that our lodge is no more than, I think we we're a, were a block away off the main drag. And I had people who had no idea where Masonic Lodge was in Tipton. It's not that big of a town, but had no idea where it was at. They knew where the moose was. They knew where the elks were, because they were in the parades. And they do, and they're, you know, people got to drink. But, <laughs> but I digress. But, I mean, if they're laughing at you, at least they know who you are. Right. Even if you do, you got to make a fool of yourself, but at least they know who you are now. You know, it's like going up to that hot chick. You may get shot down, but she knows who you are now. That's the dummy that tried thinking he could get with me. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. So, one of, the, one of the things I do on my other podcast, and uh, I'm not going to name drop that one just yet. Like it's it's uh that other Masonic podcast no. other, other podcast. <laughs> There's a I run a, see the brand man that yeah, other that, that other, other I run other a, wrestling I run, podcast. I run other. a different podcast with an old coworker, and uh, <laughs> we've been known to be a little loose with the lips, a little more pervasive language, and I take this Masonic podcast pretty seriously. So I'm not going to name drop that just yet. We can uh, always cuss. It don't matter. No, I don't <laughs> want to do that on a Masonic podcast. I have a very eloquent vocabulary. You do cuss words. You do. <laughs> But one of the things I do is we usually try to end every episode with kind of a word association. All right. Not, don't even have to be one word. It can be 30 words. It's just the very first thing that comes in mind till you stop talking. So, All right. So to wrap this second episode up, which, again, uh, like I said, and tell me and Todd, you know, this is the second episode. This is the relaunch. We tried this in January. I deleted the first couple episodes by accident. And it's still a fever dream. So don't, yeah, so, don't feel like so you're going crazy. We're, we're going to work on it. We'll eventually get a routine down and a format down of how they show. But the first handful of shows are going to be, you know, and you guys won't even hear these for a little while yet. We're going to wait till we get about three or four recorded. 
because uh, we still don't even have our podcast hosting done yet. Then we're going to put them all out there at once, give you guys time to go through them, and then we'll start again. But uh, so I guess the first thing that comes to mind, I'm going to I'm going to ask you some questions, just uh, and just word association. All right, this all be fun. Let's see what happens. Okay, it might prove them crazy. Okay, <laughs> and this is all Freemasonry related, so. <laughs> Grand Lodge of Indiana. The head body of the state. Okay. I <laughs> just drew a blank. You were looking at me. My mom was racing. Okay. Yeah, Tom's like, okay. All right, go ahead. When you first petitioned Lodge, first thing comes to mind, Word Association. Wanting to get it done. Wanting to get it done. King Solomon's Temple. God, uh, this is my favorite topic. We're I gonna always think cubits and plasters stuff like that because that's we you know, imagine cubits and they had so many plasters and columns and everything else. So, Grand Lodge of Indiana becoming more active on social media needed. I agree with that. Very that's much needed. Ten years ago, they still weren't doing that much. Well, they're doing some now, but it's mostly just people post on their page for them. You know, posting degree work, which, okay, yeah, Bloomington's having degree work. Great. I ain't traveling to Bloomington for degree work. Give me some links to something that I can learn from. You know something that we need in this area more? Grand Lodge needs more membership liaisons. I know they've got quite a few for air, but you need multiple ones for an era because you. Well, who, who does it around here besides our area rep? And I don't know who our area rep. I don't is. remember who our area rep is either, but I think he's out of like Bloomington or something like that, and they're Bedford. I, I, I think our area needs to be smaller. To be honest with you, our districts or region, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I think it needs to be smaller. I think it needs to be a countywide thing. Or it should be a certain number of lodges within the area. But right now, it's like. I think we got 13 area reps. I That's it, quite a bit. I think it needs to go like to 26, 27. That's quite a bit. I feel sorry for the guy who has Marion County, where the Grand Lodge is at. <laughs> one guy does that entire area. And there's probably 50 lodges or better up there. Uh, yeah, you're probably around that. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm running out. Here, I got one for okay, you. Okay, yeah, here, you're, okay. you're better. You're, you, you know, you could take take the lead. <laughs> All right. As far as word association going, how about... Um, First thing comes to mind. Um, say, uh, point within a circle. Thought-provoking. Because we talked about that off air. Todd, yeah, that's Todd's got thing. a special project we're going we're gonna to bring on I'm that. I'm working on that still. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away, but uh, it's, it's very thought-provoking. Well, like right here for George Washington. Greatest Mason of all time, maybe, in our country, in the United States. Yeah, but really, you know, what do you really do? For as far as the fraternity goes, yes, not that much noteworthy that I can think. Oh, speaking of George Washington, all right. I got to tell you this because this, you know, hey, we're we're squirrel ADHD podcast <laughs> over here. Well, let's bring up ideas. Uh, I seen probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and I and I never knew about this. And I shared this on Facebook about a month ago. I don't know if you've seen it. The George Washington Bible. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? One of Fredericksburg. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is probably the coolest. Or the Alexandria. One or two. I forget. I think it was Fredericksburg. So for those of you that don't know, uh, hop in your Google machine. That's a reference to my other podcast. Hop into your Google stole machine. That. I stole that from. Uh, <laughs> 
Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson is something to wrestle with. Uh, I like I like wrestling. I'm the, I'm working on becoming so, uh, the next Conrad. I'm I'm you know multiple podcasts launching the Podfather. But well, your father your father loved not Ric Flair. Either. Yeah, it's true. But uh, get in your Google machine and just Google uh, George Washington Obligation Bible or something similar. So apparently, this lodge in Virginia still to this day. And I and it's been authenticated. How you would authenticate that? I'm not sure. Well, to the original Bible that lodge, but it's been authenticated. This this uh, lodge in Fred. It's I don't think it's Alexandria. I think it is Fredericksburg for sure. Okay, I, I could be wrong. It's one of the two. It's one right. of the two. Might be the same lodge. They have authenticated. They have the Bible that George Washington took the obligation on for all three of his degrees. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, at the time, they still didn't quite understand what they had. I'm assuming this didn't become oh, no, a he, he did a surveyor when he went through life. Yeah, I'm becoming this. I'm assuming this didn't become a big thing till probably maybe like 20 years after he died. Probably. But somebody had the wherewithal to be like, "Hey, we need to preserve this Bible." So now this Bible is preserved in a glass case. It's like uh, handled with white gloves. Yeah, handled with white gloves. Time controlled air room. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you 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 will never steal this. I don't think you could ever steal this. Don't tempt them. <laughs> but, but apparently you can request it to be br- brought to your lodge. It will travel all across the country. Only now, by train. And I don't know if there's a fee involved. I'm assuming oh, I'm sure. there, there has to be. I mean, you don't want to think one lodge is going to try to take money from another lodge. But From, from what I heard about that is it has to travel by car or train. cannot travel by plane because you have yeah. cash. But trying to derail, I don't, I don't get that whole But they just don't want it to be in, in the air. But they, it will come to your lodge, and you can see it. And it, it is honestly the photographs of it's it. Huge too. It's a big Bible. It's a uh, bigger than the. Uh, it's a hand printed Bible. It, it's, it's amazing. It's humbling to just see it there, and you can, you could be like, oh, there's no way they, they have the original. Well, it's been authenticated, and then when you see the pictures, you see the wear and tear on this Bible that was what? probably printed in the 1500s, probably. Mm, I'd say at least 1600s. Man, I tell you what, you get chills when you look at it. Yeah, probably early 1700s, I bet, because 1776, I think it was like so, 1760, he was made a mason. Something like that. 17, I forget, but. So, yeah, that Bible was probably, you know, it, but you could tell it was a hand-printed Bible. It was the old printing press. Right. It wasn't, you know, your mass-produced stuff we have now. It's Hand-printed. It was, it, tiles were laid, man. Letters were laid and made that thing. Probably hand-painted hand in the sides, in the scroll work and everything. Right. So, yeah, now I've seen the pictures of it. It's an absolutely beautiful specimen of a Bible. But It's just, it's, it's a very humbling thing. All right. So let's put a bow on this. So well, uh, a little more word association here. I okay. Okay. Here. All right. Send okay, it. I got one more. Masonic, send or a couple more Masonic tattoos. I have one. Okay. What? What do you think? Okay. What else do I think? Let's. I'll tell you what. Let me get. Well, a, let me get a second one. take of that. Throw one at. Throw it at me again. Uh, Masonic tattoo. Mm-hmm. A great way to express something that you believe in or are proud to be a part of. Okay. Uh, sidebar. Go ahead. So we've we've talked about this story before. Oh, that lady who yeah, so so uh, yeah. at the time I was working two jobs. I was working at the factory, and then I worked a part time job at a grocery store deli. And this young gentleman, or I shouldn't say young; he was probably my dad's age, so probably in his fifties or something. Uh, my tattoo, my Masonic tattoo, is just the square compass and the letter G. As I've said multiple times, probably one of the coolest logos of any organization in world history. Uh, it's on the back of my neck, which means it's very visible. It sticks out through my shirt. And if you can't see it through my shirt enough, you can see enough of it to know what it is. Right. 
uh, I was boxing up a, a meal. He'd come to the deli and got some fried chicken, and I was turned my back to him. I was boxing it up, and uh, here come the. I thought Masons weren't supposed to wear tattoos. And I just stopped because I'm like, okay, I've been through this once before. Before I had this, I've had this ink on my body since uh, 2018 or 2019, this particular tattoo. So a couple years before I came back to Lodge. So I was prepared for this and I was real polite, bit my tongue because obviously I know this guy's either somehow involved with the Masons or he knows somebody. I don't think he's a one because of the way he's smarter, kind of. But I was like, no, sir, it doesn't say that anywhere. Oh, yeah, well, uh, I don't remember what he said now. It's been two years. It's 2020 when this happened. He said, yeah, well, my granddad or my great-grandfather was a Mason, and, you know, they say tattoos are the work of the devil, the mark of the beast, and you can't have those if you just just going off on a tangent. And uh, I just kind of kept biting my tongue, and I just kept letting him talk. And I was trying to be nice, like, here you go, sir. Have a good day. Da, 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 da. And he just wanted to sit there and talk about me just being the portrait of evil for having a tattoo, especially a Masonic tattoo. And I was like, what lodge was your grandfather in? What lodge do they, you know, what, where, where can I find this lodge? You know, I'd like to go talk to him. Maybe I can educate him on And this was before I got back into the lodge. So, granted, I lost my temper and was becoming a little bit of a smart dog, too. I was like, let me go educate them on proper masonic tattoos but for you uh masonic tattoos uh, a beautiful way to express who you are and what you believe in that's my word association okay good <laughs> that was long-winded but yeah um oh shoot um well have you heard the executive committee the lodge executive committee have you heard that, that program i don't think i've heard of that well basically it's a you have a meeting before your meeting state of meetings a meeting of, before your meeting. Well, basically, those those executive committee is there to pay the bills, take care of all the essentials for the lodge. That way, you guys can come in and just talk about whatever. Right, basically, yeah. Said, I mean, you haven't heard that, so you can't associate anything with it. No, but off the what you've explained to me, um, my word is fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm interested enough to want to hear more, but I'm not sure because I still like to know what's going on in the meetings. But at the yeah. same time. You could also print that information out and just let us read it. Yeah. Some lodges even email it. But what about um, table lodges? Have you ever seen a table lodge? I've not seen one. I know what they are. Uh, It's a good way to have a different take on just regular Masonic events, meetings, degrees. Mm. Well, you don't do degrees at them, but you do. Well, you know what I mean, like yeah. While you're eating there, yeah. I've been to one of them, and it's kind of they're they're different, but they're the same same thing, but just different. Knife and fork degree. Never actually seen one. I've never have either. There was one that popped up coming up. Now I have been told I was at one point a knife and fork mason. Because I just went for the food, which when I was single and living on my own. <laughs> That's my joke. You can not, ask Todd every not degree. A bad idea. <laughs> every degree I stand up and say, I just came back to eat, don't I? That's Well, I mean, you think about it. If you're a single guy, you like going to lodge. Even if a guy say you divorced, no kids, or whatever like that. I, know, I knew a couple guys like that. That instead of going out cooking your own meal every night, go out three or four nights a week, get a meal made for you. There exactly. you go. <laughs> you donate like $5 in the till, and everybody think you're being real generous. Or he, he just throw a tin in there. It's cheaper than eating out of any fast food place, and the food's probably ninety five percent better. So, my third degree, this lodge had a lamb, 
And I've been told that we've only had lamb at this lodge like once or twice, and one of those was for my third step. If it ain't mutton, it ain't nothing. Oh, my God. And I've never, never had that before. And when I tell you that is one of the most tender cuts of meat I've ever had in my life. Yep. But uh, how about, um, oh, shoot, I just had one here. Oh, how about European concept lodges? I don't know that much about them. I've seen some information. I've seen some things uh, during Masonic searches on Google, but I've never really clicked on the link to know enough about them. Yeah, check them out. They're kind of, it's pretty neat. If you ever get a chance to look into it, I have uh, European concept lodges and traditional observant lodges, which are you know, basically the same. They kind of go with an older way of doing stuff, more of a more formal. I mean, like Lodge Vitruvian in Indianapolis, they beat Broder up a lodge, which Chris Hodap, we were talking about. Yeah, we were earlier. talking about Hodap earlier. He uh, He's one of the founding members of that. And I was I talked to him about it one time because I was kind of interested in getting more out of the lodge, you know, having that, you know, tuxedo lodge or whatever. And they do, they meet in tuxedos and you got to buy your own regalia. And it's uh, one of the guys I do from a, our sister lodge. I'm thinking Dumb and Dumber now that you said tuxedo lodge. Well, I think it's black tie, not. Not powder blue and blaze orange, <laughs> but, but um, another guy. I know he was he's a past master lodge for Truvin. They only have thirty five members of that lodge total. That's really? the max thirty five members. Because their belief is, why have a thousand members who won't show up when twenty five? If you don't show up for a meeting, you have to call and you have to call and tell the secretary why you cannot be there. You are expected to be there. And if you miss two meetings in a row, they can vote to kick you out. So it's that kind of concept of it, which, and it, it's like $250 a year. I think it was that back when I was going through Lodge, like but up north, it's $250 a year. Had to buy your own regalia, and your ritual had to be perfect. I mean, letter perfect, from what I understand. Now, everyone flubs up, don't get me wrong, but they say you still you should be, you know, pretty good at it. But I've always thought that'd be something interesting to start. I don't know if it'd work around here. I really don't. I mean, it'd be worth it. It it's definitely worth looking into. Yeah, but there's two different kinds that I know that I know. Of. There's one in Iowa. It's a traditional observance lodge. I think it's Iowa, and I think there's maybe one in Illinois or New York. I forget. But if you look at look above, they're kind of interesting. And if you want to have that formal lodge experience, that's the way to go. But I know uh, Lodge Vitruvian has has the European Concept Lodge, and they always have a festive board after. So, like, you know, we eat before our meetings. They'll eat after. They'll go to a restaurant and eat after the meetings, a nice restaurant, not, you know, Wendy's or something like that. Not, not, a, not a pub or a bar and grill. They go to a sit-down, fine china restaurant, you know. And they get they do the seven toasts, I understand, if I, if I remember right. They do the toast and everything. They have, they have a presentation. Usually have a speaker to up and give a presentation or something like that. Which you know that's what some guys like. I would be interested in just going to a meeting. I right. I never got a chance to. And be, even if they said visitors are expected to be in either tuxedos or in business attire, which is suit and tie jacket. But you don't show up in blue jeans and flip flops. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm telling you, I've seen it at a degree once. I've, I've seen flip flops many times at a degree, and I don't agree with it, but. You know, and I, I heard a perfect statement about the, you know, we look at the internal man, not the external man. Right. To prove his character. And uh, I think it was Chris Hodap or one of his contemporaries. He said that, nah, that's bull crap. You can dress up, come to Lodge. 
You wouldn't go to church wearing that. I mean, it's one thing for a stated meeting. There's not degree. But even then, I mean, I don't wear a T-shirt in here for lodge. No, you at least change into something. I like, usually got a polo. And, I mean, I've seen you come in once or twice pretty much straight from the factory, but you've at least changed your shirt when you had a bunch of errands to run when you got off. Well, I changed my blue jeans at least. Yeah. Because you know, my blue jeans are always going to be dirty from work. But I usually, you know, our sec, my, our, uh, my face off and go. Our treasurer, Ron Wiseman, I told you a story. His dad, Emmett, uh, was one of the ones on my investigating committee, and I've known Emmett my whole life. He passed away about 10 years ago or so, 11 years ago, whenever it was. He used to come in trucking all day. He'd come in, he'd smell like diesel fuel, come sit up here and fill the whole lodge, and you'd be gagging on it. But everybody was like, you know what? At least he made it. He never missed a meeting. Nope. Never. Now, I did hear a story of a, a guy went to a little farm lodge up by, I get on Lafayette, little bitty farm lodge. And he walked in, and everybody's in bib overalls and flannel <laughs> shirts. And, I mean, every single one of them. Master, every, every officer, every member right. of the lodge, but the lodge was full. Right. You know, but they're all farmers. And maybe it was that, that uh, Tyler Talks I was reading about, about the little country lodge. You sent me something about that. And yeah, I sent you a link to it. But they talked about how the, the lodge was small, dimly lit, barely heated by a you know, wood, little woodberry stove in the corner and everything, and everybody's in bib overalls. And he said, but their, their rod work was perfect, their ritual was perfect. You know, the way they took the candy around was absolutely perfect. Everything was done perfectly. One guy said, yeah, but they didn't they did dress like they just got out of the field. And the old tire said, well, they probably did. But it's not the what they look like what matters. What the impression they made on the candidate what matters. You know, so it's not the little. In, a, in an alternate universe, this candidate starts wearing overalls when he comes to the lodge, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how it finished out, but. But, you know, I've, I've heard a lot. Actually, they, my first year being master, my uh, installation, if you want to call it that, which was my installation, was bibs and beans. They, they cooked beans, and all the officers had to wear bib overalls. And I, left, I was up there. This is, this is beautiful. I had on a white button-up shirt, like a, like a dress shirt. With bib overalls. Tie on, and bib overalls. <laughs> now, I can't fit my big butt in those overalls anymore, but... <laughs> But yeah, but my my uh, chaplain, who was a Path Grand High Priest, he wore bib overalls. Every, every officer I asked, was like I want to have bibs and beans. They go, all right. They all showed up like that. And guess what? what I'm doing up here. If I ever go to that chair, <laughs> bibs and beans, buddy. But Skinner's already ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna start to put the bow on this now because I have to take a potty break. Um, next time we get together. What do you want to talk about? Now, I should say this because we got a I, have, plan. <laughs> I have listened to before, – before I tell you, go ahead and t- tell everybody the, the two or three, four Masonic podcasts you listen to the most. Well, probably the most one I listen to right now is At Refreshment. Okay. Those guys are a bunch of fun-loving guys. They sit down and have a drink because they're at Refreshment, and they talk – they have you have a guest on talk about something, or they talk about Masonic Masonry in general. They're close to my heart because they started the grotto up there at Chael's Grotto, and they're they're having a blast with it. But I actually need to contact the guys about how do you meet, how does the grotto meet and do everything without a lodge, without their own building? Right. Because my grotto had we had our own building. Because I, I told you that would be the appendant body I join if you get a grotto going down here. Yes, I need to I, I need to contact a couple of past grand monarchs I know and say, hey, I got some interests. 
what's my next step? How, how, do we, how do we do this once we start meeting? Okay. I mean, what do you guys do? Because most of them are in bigger cities, like, you know, Chicago, they're by Chicago and everything. Chael Grotto is. Well, they can leave their building. They can meet at a bar, basically, the back room of a bar somewhere. Well, all the back rooms of bars here on weekends are family dinners. Oh, yeah. All, all you know, of that's how it is. But, you know, I need to talk to them. How do you guys work this out? Because I never had to do it. Right. I, mean, I always, whatever lodge, whatever grotto I belong, my, my grotto had a beautiful building, had a great building where we met, and we had plenty of room. We had a great bar, a professional kitchen. You know, it was awesome. I mean, we don't have that building anymore for some weird ass reason but but i mean how, how do you do it i don't know so i need to talk to them about it what other ones you check out was or is that about the only one uh but there's um the three knocks uh shoot. Let me look at my phone real quick well he's looking at that there's a there's a there, there is a no shortage of freemasonry podcasts to listen to oh no That's uh there the do? four there's four there's four Masonic podcasts. Go ahead. No, go keep going. Okay. There's four Masonic podcasts that are frequently in my rotation when I'm not listening to a pro wrestling podcast or a true crime podcast. And that would be uh, the Masonic Rings podcast based out of Ohio. That would be the first three knocks like Todd mm-hmm. talked about. I think that one's based out of Ohio, too, or maybe yeah. Canada, one of the two. Meet, act, and part. Listen to that one. Uh, the, the other two I listen to is Todd got me on the app refreshment because I like the – the cutting up and the camaraderie. And then the one I've just started listening to that just came out within the last year or two uh, is the Traveling Man podcast, which I highly recommend that. Um, I think this one, uh, the one I haven't listened to in a while, I should have, the Tyler's Place. It's okay. It's more about Scottish, right? But and the, there's, thing, but. there's so many more. There's the Winding Staircase. Oh, yeah, there's, there's the... Uh, Meet acting part. The gentleman's brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, the brother, the Masonic brother, the Masonic podcast. But the, the, the point of, I'm bringing this up is that. The After Lodge podcast. Yeah. I, I need to start uh, copying some of their formats. But the point I made, the whole reason I brought this up is that almost every one of these episodes, for whatever reason, because I guess they might have some of the same listeners and some don't, they always talk about the stations of the lodge and their roles and their duties and whatnot. So, you know, that might be something we can do, uh, but we'll definitely get together and, and uh, get the a format. Stairs is a good yeah. One. Get a format going. Uh, again, we are the, that other Masonic podcast, not that one, not we're, that one. We're not the rest of them. We're the, we're other, the one. other one. We're the guys that you probably don't want to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> the guys that are probably going to get the least amount of traction, but, you never know, though. People might might dig us. We basically talk. We're talking just like we talking out in the in the, the fellowship hall. The fellowship hall, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we start talking about one thing, and we veer off to another thing, which is how we all talk, really. And if you if you like the content, uh, please like and subscribe. Again, we're doing this. This this is going to be a weird timeline. When you by the time you guys hear this episode, uh, we'll have already had three or four episodes put out. We'll have already had our social media channels. Right now, we don't have any of these set up just yet. We're recording a few in canon to release all at once to give us time to get back and record again but uh we are officially the that other masonic podcast and uh i have to tinkle so we're going to cut this short so for but if you want to follow our lodge on instagram it's uh, bethlehem lodge 574 at instagram we do have a facebook page as well todd runs the instagram not the facebook and uh eventually whenever i can quit being lazy 
I'm gonna get a Twitter going because I have a lot of Masonic stuff on Twitter. So, but for uh, Brother Todd Whaley, I'm Brother Jared Atkins, and we will see you guys next time. The that other Masonic podcast. Peace.